pick up your paintbrush. It's time. Hey, that's my line. It's time for Hobby Support Group. Hello, Andy. It's brilliant to see you again this morning. <laughs> How are you? I am okay. I am okay. Um, I'm back, everyone. I'm back. Um, I'll start by just saying um, thank you to our Patreons. Um, thank you very much, Aiden, Dave, Ed, and Neil. You helped so keep the you. lights on on a Monday morning. Absolutely. Uh, you're really important to us. So thank you very much. Um, I think you all know at home it's not free to run a podcast, but they help us keep they keep the keep the, the gas burning on the stove for cups of tea and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's wonderful to be back. Um, good to see your happy face, Tom. Um, and I want to say a big thank you to particular to um, or to you, Tom, for keeping things going while I've been away. And a big thank you to to Ed and Ben, um, who have also helped me keep the ship going. And also Warren, who is. Yeah, uh, stepped into the breach as well, helping us get the terrain group up and running oh. amazingly. And now just with the number of initiatives is going from the hobby budgets to the 30 minutes, 30 minutes in 30 hours thing and all sorts of things. So thank you to all of them who've so gracefully helped me out while Andy's been away. It's, yeah. it's very much appreciated. Yes, so it's actually running more efficiently while I've been away <laughs> than when I'm I'm here. Um, but thanks very much, and um, I want just want to thank all the people that have helped me uh, things going here with the podcast and have reached out to me just to personally um, um, console me. I'm, not to get too maudlin here on the podcast, but unfortunately, my brother passed away from what was a very brief battle of cancer um so just thank you very much for everyone that's that's reached out to me and um looked after me while i've been away but uh enough of all that i'm really excited to start talking about toy soldiers and games and all that kind of fun stuff so tom should we get this uh show on the road or shall we jump into hobby progress then and let's get on turn with hobby to progress. The, the january hobby update which has actually been recorded on january the 30th so we, we are if shocking hobby news comes out in the next sort of 36 hours apologies listeners but um we'll include it in february we were recording today because we thought we you have the choice of do you want your hobby your january hobby update the beginning of february or the end of the month again and we thought we'd keep it up to try and keep up to date well sometimes you get two hobby updates two months <laughs> in one go so this is this is pretty good this is pretty good hobby progress I've yeah. not actually put any paint on a, a miniature itself, but I have built my 10 mil scale walls. My, mm. uh, some well, the great thing about the great thing about 10 mil scale walls is they can be very small walls in a larger game or very large walls in a smaller game. <laughs> um, yeah, I got the walls done. I got some hedges done, which again are sort of pretty scale agnostic for, you know, six. 10 mil stuff the hedges i got my strip fields done which again are scale agnostic i think that like they will work from everything from 6 mil to 28 mil mm -hmm. now they aren't the super fancy scale specific strip fields that i do want to build at some point these are more some fields so we've got fields to play on 
at the moment because listeners may realize that uh we now have a, a i say we andy and i now get to play games at ed's house who has a living room large enough for a six by four table in and we need to <laughs> to play on ed's, at ed's house so i built some fields to take to ed's house to play on uh the same as the hills i just made with some scrap foam that I had knocking about got to play with the static grass applicator thing which Ooh. is quite good fun and then i'm almost finished a modular river which is an idea i had for a river to make that can either sort of like go on a board edge so you've just got with the bank on one corner of a board but also so you can actually make the river as wide as you want because mm-hmm. i figured in like lots of games you got something that it, you know you've either got something that's supposed to represent like a stream or something like the rhine and you know you want something a little bit different so the idea is that i've made a river which is six centimeters wide but it's in two three meter strip two three centimeter strips but if i want to i can then put like a another strip of water in the middle as however wide i want so i can mm-hmm. sort of make the rivers as big as i want um and it's uh, the reason why i got the idea is for the terrain board that i'm planning to make for my big terrain project it's got a river that lines one edge of the board mm-hmm. um so i've just and I, i've made six feet of that and i'm really pleased with how it's coming out we'll, nice. we'll see how it goes it is sort of like a very straight river um so but i think over time if, if the concept works i'll then can sort of like in the future make some like bends and eddies and islands and all that sort of stuff for it um but then i did also get some minis prepared and primed and they are the 20 mil like 172 hat rugga rugga minis which are going to be part mm-hmm. of my like uh great war in africa project and they were they're really nice models they were the first like 172s that i've actually prepared as an adult so it was quite a learning curve getting my head around the very soft plastic mm-hmm. um, because you can't like file or like sand a mold line off you just have to cut them with a very sharp knife but then I, a bit of googling and somebody recommended that actually if you do get any tiny burrs and things on them very carefully just pass them over a candle so i did find myself sat there with a tea light burning off all the tiny little burrs off of my minis looking like an absolute <laughs> maniac <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it, it did sort of go this is my carrier core they are already having quite a rough time of it already and then uh, trial by fire it actually worked amazingly well um like i i, I got i did the whole box I didn't ruin a single mini mm-hmm. and now I've I've primed them up. I'm sure they're going to take paint really well. Uh, I, I am shocked at how nice these minis are or how cheap they were. There's, I've got like 48 of them for six quid. Mm-hmm. And you know, two boxes of them gives me an army for like men who would be kings. Yeah, something like that and they're really nice yet with the soft plastic if these got something like a, a bent weapon 
that weapon's staying bent forever. There's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. But they're really nice. I, I, I'm looking forward to painting them up and working on more of this project. And I think in future, f- even for like a game that I would probably think about playing in 28, I could definitely see myself just playing in 20s instead. Yeah. Uh, because they're just really nice models. They, and if he's just think, like something like Xena's Rampant, if I just want an army to put in the field, I can see me doing it in 20s instead of 28s because they're, they're so, they're big enough mm-hmm. that I think I could even like play with them against 28s and you wouldn't really, they would just be like slightly smaller. They're not like squats versus humans. They're just going to be less chunky humans. Yeah. Um, I look yeah. forward to seeing those all done up. So how about yourself, Andy? Now you've been posting up quite a lot of bits and bobs that you've been up to, you've been, like cowboy action. <laughs> who doesn't love it? Yeah. Um, who doesn't love a bit of cowboy action? Yeah. So I started off just, I just, I was just undercoating. I just couldn't, I just hadn't got the time to um, being busy and with things and start of the year and um, just undercoating, just going through. If I thought if I could do nothing else, I can get myself ready to have everything ready to paint. So I was going through undercoating on my 10 mil, um, and my cowboys and and all my war master stuff is undercoated now. So apart from my um, my Carthaginians and my War of the Roses stuff, everything else is undercoated. Now I'm going to carry on doing that probably. I wait till it's cold and wet, and it's entirely the wrong time to be priming miniatures. <laughs> Now's the time to do it. Um, so I've got most things primed up, so I can just go straight to my cupboard and get that project out in the morning before I have to go and go to work and just do. A few a few bits and pieces um but uh i i managed to do my um my additional troops for many would be kings the french foreign legion and the moroccan rebels i got those they were done quite early on in the month i thought that it would take me longer to do them but they just just got them done and then um started working as as beautiful um black scorpion cowboys so if you haven't looked at the cowboys from black scorpion uh, listeners, dear listeners, uh, go and have a look at their website because they did some really beautiful models on there. Um, I didn't really need them. I picked them up last year. They had a bit of a sale for some reason. Um, it might have been for Salute or something, um, 15 or 20% off. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy, you know, 15 cowboys because I want to. <laughs> um, I, just did use, I just use contrast paint. If I'm honest, I just um, just did a couple in the morning and a couple in the a couple in the evening, and you can get a couple of cowboys done with contrast paint in about an hour and a half to an hour. And uh, the more you do, I did a bit of a um, assembly line, so I'd get out the dark brown, get okay, that's a boots color for him, that's his holster color, that could be his hat. And before you know it, over about three or four days, I painted 15 cowboys. I wish I could get all my projects done that quickly, Tom. Well, that's the, that's the joy of when you're painting like gangs of things which aren't necessarily uniform colours, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, that shirt colour becomes that trouser colour. And we'll, we'll mix that trouser and shirt colour together and it becomes the overcoat. And you just sort of... Mix you haven't got to worry about, oh, is it the right kind of purple for his socks? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, as long as you're happy, I just and of course it was really fun as well. I just, listeners, I love painting cowboys. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but it's just good fun. So I've um, 
Now I've got another half KR case foam of, of cowboys upstairs with the other cowboys I've already got. So that was good fun. So with the French Foreign Legion, the Moroccans and the uh, and the cowboys, that was two projects ticked off my overall list already. So well, I'm already off to, I've done uh, two of my 12. And if you can work out the percentage, what's that? Something. That's, that's definitely some sort of percentage done. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I suppose I've finished like four things off of mine. Mm -hmm. um, the hills and the river weren't planned, so they're just going to go as separate boxes. Um, also, yeah, so good start for us both for what we've been doing. Yeah, just, just, just setting myself up for the year. If everything's undercoated, I can just go straight there and paint. There's nothing more frustrating than going, great, I've got some time to hobby. Going there and going, oh, it's not undercoated. They've got nothing undercoated. So always having a few things undercoated is a good idea. And I didn't even mention, I moved my bases into a new plastic box. <laughs> sorted out my bases. I mean, that's definitely hobby, right? Definitely. I, I sorted out my collection of like flock and like ground cover into different tubs, um, which is a load of different dried teas and stuff like that and coffee grounds of different isn't it just that's just like your kitchen by the kettle well, it's, it's, it's uh like me and the wife drink a lot of like different tea and stuff i save all the tea bags have a little line what they all dry up on dry them all out put them in tubs it's brilliant different ground cover I just worried that the drug squad are going to come in and find all these weird piles of herbs and lines on you in your kitchen like what's this <laughs> Prevent you having it, it, it saves you going because you don't always want like the, the, the full aromatic gaming experience of like the jungle made with industrial quantities of Italian seasoning. So you open well, the tub. Surely you need to base <laughs> the Italian army with Italian herbs and spices to get the real, you know, <laughs> aromatic. Uh, so, working through our oval lists, have we purchased anything to add to them this month? Hobby purchases. How about yourself, Andy? You, you, you bought many minis, or, or I haven't I haven't bought any minis this month. Strange enough, I did buy the Dungeon Bowl rulebook. Oh, I got something last year, but it's a new month, so you you did hobby updates about me, so it doesn't count, right? Yeah, I, I bought a wood so. elf. I bought a wood elf team for Blood Bowl. Um, which isn't it's that'll probably get painted next year or later this year we'll see how i get on with everything else but um i just like to pick up a blood bowl team every I, again don't play blood bowl very much i just enjoy painting blood bowl teams is dungeon bowl the like the dungeon crawly version of blood bowl is that the yes, one that's it on, is. Like, dungeon it tile? is yeah yeah so you, there's a fixed you have a different maps and you underground you have to open a chest to find the ball some explode <laughs> some have a ball in and then there's teleporters as well. Nice. Uh, I also bought a rule book. I, I finally got round to buying All Hell Let Loose. Aha. The six mil World War Two game. Bought the softback hard copy from War Games Vault for, yeah. I think, 15 quid. Really, That's all right, isn't it? Yep. Really looking forward to playing it. Um, I like 
the option that it's in softback, so you don't give yourself a hernia looking around. Some oh, yeah, toe. absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then talking about rules, also got to give a huge thanks out to Barry Winters, who sent the podcast his copy of Donald Featherstone's Wargaming Pike and Shot, which Ed and I are going to shortly start playing because for some bizarre reason, it both interests us to try and sort of get into playing some of Featherstone's rules. So keep your ears open for a future series mm-hmm. as Tom and Ed play historical, historical we, war games. We are at the cutting edge of what the kids are down with. Yeah. We're telling you now, Donald Featherstone's Pike and Shot is where it's at. Hey, it might be. You might play it and find this is like the best game you've ever played. But only one way to find out. I do like that. It's it's one of the things I truly love about those Featherstone books is like you buy it thinking it's coming at it from like today. You think it's going to be a rule book that like tells you how to play a game. Oh, and simple it, summer child. Oh, no, it's not just a rule book. Yeah, like the actual rules are sort of like aren't really there there are no sort of real rules in it it's just a history book which tells you all the battles and things and then in the appendix at the end there's sort of like a page and a half that briefly explains sort of like a few rules and concepts you may want to roll (laughs) dice when shooting to see what the effect is oh thanks (laughs) and also included in that gift from barry was a english civil war photo book for some of like some reenactors and various sort of like reproductions of some quite cool artworks, which I will share with Andy and Ed next time we are all playing up some more ECW because I don't think none of us are very far away from oh playing ECW stuff. Are we? Do do you know what it is today? It's the anniversary of the execution of Charles the First. January the thirtieth. Should have realised that. Oh, there you go, guys. Listening at home, you're like. It's not January the 30th, Andy, but I'll know that for next year. <laughs> you know what we haven't done, Tom? I'm just about to take a sip of... Uh, we haven't told the listeners at home. They're probably on tenterhooks themselves right now, wondering what we're drinking. This is how long it's been since I've recorded. I forgot to ask you what you're drinking. I've got, I've got Coke Zero. Uh, I've got coffee and a can of Iron Brew Extra. There you go, guys. If you're at home wondering, <laughs> now you know. Mm, Coke. What do podcasters drink on a Monday morning? Um, lovely sh- sugar-free Coke, the healthiest of all Cokes. Coke with uh, coffee with powdered milk because we've run out of milk. So it's, it's Ursat's milk. Rock and roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> so on, on, on that high point of, of cutting edge, shall we move on to games played? Absolutely. Games we played. I know at least one game we've both played is some Keyforged because we played Keyforged together. Yeah, we did. And being the absolute coolest kids that we are, we went up and played Keyforged in the Wetherspoons because where else are you going to play Keyforged when your gaming club is closed? Well, that's it. Yeah, the club club was closed for its refit and um, Wetherspoons has big tables. It's near me. So we just met up and played some games. And how did that go, Tom? Uh Really well. I think I, I, I won two of the three. Did I win two of the three or three of the four? A three of the four. I was struggling. I was struggling against you. Um, I, yeah, I'm blaming my decks. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm blaming. I was using a couple of decks. But I, I, I tried 
going back to the very first decks I had opened um, when I started playing Keyforge, and I knew they weren't the best decks in the world, <laughs> and um, they lived up to my expectations. I, I'm really enjoying playing like these games that are playing at the moment with like our technically subpar decks yeah. because I actually find in a weird way the games are more fun when you're playing with two rubbish decks which can't really do anything very well it's sort of like when you've got like a deck that does something like captures loads of amber but then it's got no way of actually like doing anything with the amber once it's captured yeah. or things are like right I'm really good at just destroying all your creatures but I've also got no creatures of my own so it, it, like yeah it sometimes flips like the other side like the game we played before christmas which took about an hour oh, for like yeah. one game i think it, you just need to have decks that are equally sort of measured up and if they measure up to each other and they, they are a good a good pairing of decks that's that's fine um so if, if you both have good decks that's fine and if you both have bad decks that's fine it's when you have that mismatch of you like one has loads of really great artifacts and the other deck has no artifact control at all. And you yeah. start going like, oh, well, what can I do here? Yeah. That's the problem. Or you've got like a deck of, oh, I've got like eight artifacts in this deck. Brilliant. I've got nothing to really use them on. It's just all the, it's just all the artifacts. But that was it. And then the other game I played this month was some Pikeman's Lament with Ed. And Ooh. listeners can listen in next week for a live battle report that we recorded from ed's house when we were playing that on thursday uh yeah. was a huge amount of fun was actually the first time in my entire life i've taken a day off work and gone and played toy soldiers during the working week and you haven't brilliant. lived Tom. you haven't lived the choice of being self-employed um <laughs> it, it, it was most civil um yeah it was it was a lot of fun. We got to play on Starfort, and it was the penultimate game of like the mini campaign we've been playing from like the English Civil War in our Pikeman's Lament series. Uh, was a relatively crushing parliamentarian victory. Um, in For that, a change. Well, Ed ended up with three units left on the table. Two of which were withdrawing, and each like one of them had ten casualties, and one Sport. had nine. So, um, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we called it uh, afterwards, uh, I think. You know, listeners on Tenderhooks, how, how well the game went. We'll say I lost one unit of uh, cavalry after it killed itself, killing too many of our units. Its weapons became jammed with their dead bodies. <laughs> they tied themselves out. No, they didn't actually, yeah. Uh, uh, it was it was th that joy of pikeman's lament basically my cavalry charged his cannon the cannon managed to like poke one of the cavalrymen like in the eye with a dirty sponge doing yeah. one wound which then sort of just hampered them for the next two turns so it was it was it's a great game um really nice to play actually at ed's house and you know, Pikeman's Cement, it's a great game. Looking forward to playing more of it later in the year after we've taken a brief tour into Warmaster for a yeah. couple of months. Incoming. Yeah, we hope to do more um, sort of live battle reports that we're going to try and do a bit more of in 2023 is actually talk more about games. The thing I find is that when I play games, 
and then we come to review them i can't remember it as well as i can in the moment when i'm playing it you just sort of maybe knew some of the nuances but hopefully that's something we'll try to do for you well i think it's the benefit of playing like during the daytime because like the game that me like the game me and ed played it did probably take about four hours mm -hmm. but that and like it's a half an hour battle report that we did just at the end of each turn but yeah just yeah. taking that couple of minutes at the end of each turn to have a quick chat about what you did just sort of like slow down your game and makes it impractical to do when you're playing after work in the evening maybe it's yeah. like the weekend or something it's, it's like, yeah we're definitely going to look to do more of it well uh talking about games play games played um uh going to ed's house and playing in lady hamilton's gazebo um i also went round to ed's and played a game during the day but it was my day off on a Monday, and I popped around to Ed's, and we played uh, Many Would Be Kings. That was my French Foreign Legion versus my Moroccan Rebels again. And um, Ed had take, decided to take the part of the the brave French uh, versus the uh, the Moroccans. I was Moroccans because he was looking for a game to play, um, do some Crimean War actions, and he thought that Many Would Be Kings would work quite well. And I think. Um, the feedback from Ed was that, yes, it would work well, but maybe a couple of tweaks here and there. Um, it was a really good game. Ed's dice rolls were far superior to how they've been with with Tom, I'm glad to say, with my camelry taking a real pounding. And um, uh, there's an ugly guy, as because <laughs> you roll for the officer traits. So please know Mr. Ugly was still there um, in a cavalry unit now. Uh, I and I had, a, I had a guy who was chosen for greatness, and he could not pass a check to move into range which is um was a bit frustrating i'll make a my leadership test can they can i get zaction off to move no i would just stand over here but i think that's the thing you get you get more men you can't necessarily actually get any orders <laughs> off <laughs> I, um it was a very close game in the end between me and ed um and i think obviously i i won in the end it was very close but um i think if if my units had started a little further away, I think it would have been to it probably would have gone one turn longer, and then I think it would have been a little closer. But you know, that's why we play dice games because nothing's certain in life. Um, yeah, that was really good fun. And um, Ed and I also played Keyforge, <laughs> so um, we are doing a little experiment. So um, we bought some decks, bought five decks. We opened one first of all and went, if we don't like one of our two decks, we have this spare one. And it was quite interesting because we opened it and it was the lowest SAS deck I've ever seen in my life. We put it down to the side and we always swapped for that one. And then we both opened the deck and then we got one that was about 73 SAS, which is pretty good each. And for those who like to look these things up, um, mine was Erky, Sov, Loudspeaker, Murphy. If that's not a procedurally generated name, I don't know what it is. And um, Ed's was Nephehech, -E -E Ruins the Soothsayer. Nephech. Again, procedurally generated names. Yeah, you tell me what that, how to pronounce it. Um, and we decided we're going to play 36 games against each other using the same decks. That's a commitment. It is a commitment. And so the idea is that Ed will learn how to play his deck really well. And he's already getting better from like 
we're like about six games in against each other at the moment and it, that, like, just learning how the cards work in his deck and learn the um, the procedure of the game. We're just much faster than when we first started already when we play against each other. And we'll see how we where we get to at 36 games. I might Watch this to, space. I might have to join in on that one with you and do something similar to actually learn how to play a couple of decks. Yeah, just like... And they are quite evenly matched, which is lucky, I think. But yeah, that's why we opened like a number of decks and then we chose the ones that we like the look of the best. So you could kind of get rid of the one that looked a bit less good. What was the lowest? What was the, the SAS rating on that low deck? It was like 51 or something. It wasn't like 38. I've seen 38 online. And it's I've, got, the... I've got a 46. Um, well, that's pretty bad. It, it it took that eighty. It, it had a close game against that one that you've got in the eighties. Eighty. I got an eighty-five SAS. Which yeah. I, I played. We played against. And it, it did make me think maybe the SAS ratings aren't necessarily all that. No, but. they're not. They're not. They're not. They can't possibly. You know, there's no um, um, replacement for um, no alternative to just actually playing your deck. Although it does help if you like, you have artifact control, and board wipes, and amber. There's certain things that are beneficial. But, you know, knowing what your deck can do, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah, and not cards that just, like, destroy all your own creatures. Just... <laughs> or getting the card was the one where you sacrifice humans to do this thing, and there's no humans in the deck. Oh, this literally can't use. I need this card to use it, and I don't have that card. Great. Um, so, yeah, loving Keyforge and uh, loving men who would be kings. And hopefully, we're going to be playing some Warmaster soon as well, aren't we, Tom? Yes, so... Actually, starting on Wednesday down at Bethnal Green Working Men's Club, we're starting playing Warmaster Revolution. I think for Andy and myself, it's more learning to play the game again after 20 odd years mm -hmm. and got a number of people coming down who are also going to over the next couple of months and actually learn to play the game because we have got our snazzily named Warmaster event, which is now has been moved to the beginning of april because with everything that's been going on and andy and everything we've decided just to move it on along a little bit yeah. so yeah we've had a number of requests from listeners saying that they wanted to join in but just march was not going to be enough time for them to get things ready so we're going to move it to april i hope that's okay with everyone out there so hopefully probably by the time this episode's out actually there'll be a, an event up with this so get your tickets if you want to come down to bethnal green be on a sunday in april mm -hmm. we're starting off with just 10 players to see what the interest is make sure we've got enough terrain and just to make sure you know we can deliver what we want to do if it's mm -hmm. really popular we may do more of them in the future and yeah. we are still all guns ahead for our small scale event later in the year which will be you know, six, two, three, everything small scale gaming. So keep your ears open for that. So moving on from the snazzly name segment, shall we jump actually into the hobby news? Absolutely. Can't wait. Hobby news. Where to start with? Well, let's start with some cavalry. Hey. Uh, do you want an actual just a cavalry section where you talk about like fetlocks and things now nah. well, when i've finished writing my book my cavalry book i might just do 
the, the monthly reading. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Or I could just start reading segments of like uh, veterinary services, 18, 1908 service manuals and stuff, which is my current reading. Well, that could list. be, I, I, I don't want to know. Write in, listeners, and let us know what you'd rather hear. Anyway, what's this new cavalry you've seen? So this is the Victrix, uh, brilliant from pronunciation from me now, the French Chasseur Cheval of the Guard. Ooh. Uh, they're now shipping. You can now buy them. Yes. Um, you know, I think everybody pretty much, you hear the odd dissenting voice, but I think most people would say that the current, like, Victrix 28mm Napoleonic cavalry is the bee's knees. Mm-hmm. of Napoleonic cavalry and yeah what can you say about these if you want some Chauchevel of the guard I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to pick up three or four boxes of these uh, they are gorgeous um, I'm not buying them purely for the fact that I've already got the Perry ones mm-hmm. that are painted and as much as I love cavalry I'm not buying double ups of yeah. cavalry. I would, I would, I would buy other things. Um, but yeah, I, I've got the guard lancers, and they are without a doubt the nicest cavalry I've ever built and painted. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also they're practical. They are super detailed and super nice, but they actually take paint well, and they aren't like overly like I can't paint them as well as I would like because of my lack of painting skill, mm-hmm. but even I managed to make them look nice. They're like, you know, they've got like the raised detail and things on there. So you can do 3D colouring in on them and still make them look really nice. Fantastic. So that's that. Then moving on to Black Sight Studios. For fans of incredibly current horror cinema, you have the robotic killer doll, legally distinct, from the Megan Murray. Is that Morgan? Morgan, wrong name, pronunciation. And uh, for fans of 90s action cinema, The Mummy Hunters. Ooh. Um, which a couple of... <laughs> Sounds like you might watch that on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. But then, uh, for those of you who actually aren't such a fans of fans of painting there they brought out a like an mdf pre-painted village terrain kit which is of like 28 to like 32 mil building kit which is like it's a couple of hundred dollars but you get two houses a stable a blacksmith four stone walls with a gate a wagon crates and wheels and then like some stocks and a town well all pre-painted so all you have to sort of do is basically glue it together. Oh, sounds, what scale is that? Twenty-eight. It's twenty-eight to thirty-two. Ooh. And I think like like for club terrain, MDF is just a no-go because it's too delicate. Yeah. But I think if, if you have like a permanent like setup gaming space, or if this is at home where you just take it to a shelf and yeah. it lives on a shelf or it lives set up, I think it's pretty good. And with it being pre-painted, there's there's no painting sort of away you go with it and who's who's that with it's black site studios black which Sight are like studios. an australian company and it's um 
I, I quite like I have never bought any of their stuff, obviously, because they're in Australia, but they some of the stuff they bring out and like uh, some of their MDF kits, they, they do they do a lot of like what I would sort of describe as almost like MDF table kits, like really big that like they, they do a train station, like a metro station, a shopping mall. Um, one of the other things that they've, they've just brought out is like the house from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. So that there's sort of like these big MDF buildings or kits which is like that's going to be your entire table yeah so, so play on and they, 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 they do quite a lot of the like the horrory stuff because they, they do like a, some like horror themed games but i think mm-hmm. like if you were sort of like an australian or don't mind shipping things i think actually i'd quite like the idea of like some seven tv but like in the sawyer house or you know you want to do some House of a Thousand Corpses sort of style thing, and you have those kind of yeah. houses. Off we go, yeah, check them out. And then on that sort of the, the game that they do is a game that they've just bringing out is uh, like a, a solo co-op like role playing slash mini game based in sort of like post-apocalyptic feudal Japan, where you're sort of facing against like mythological Japanese beasties. Ooh. as like a bunch of like trained warrior sort of hunters um it's sort of like it, you've it's sort of almost i suppose a bit like a computer role-playing game in which you have like a lot of like boss battles where you sort of like travel somewhere fight the mm-hmm. boss kill it get some gear move on you know you're fighting sort of like monsters demons different creatures uh check it out um seems quite good fun yeah. Then slightly different for the hobbyist, but I think maybe no less interesting, is Ammo Meg have brought out Garden Center Moss. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> now this is this is the joy of, of, of doing a hobby podcast where you can get really excited. Finally, um, someone has brought out Hobby Center Moss. I've been waiting for this for so long. Where there are now Someone has brought out ten bottles of different coloured fake moss, and I am actually really interested in these because, especially with doing like walls and little dioramas and bits of terrain, you do want different coloured moss, and you you know you, you want you, you want like well this is like a tropical creeper, this is some knotweed, this is some this is lichen, it's not a moss. Yeah, this you mad. So these are ten, a range of ten different bottles of moss basically for those of you who are familiar with like weathering powders that sort of stuff it's more you know they're in that sort of size bottle that give you the pigments and the stuff for doing mosses check them out i really i am actually really i think these might be quite cool for like weathering and doing all sorts of different bits and please join tom for his new podcast moss (laughs) where we'll be joined by gillian anderson just talking about her favorite moss (laughs) Now move on to things that might have slightly more mass appeal. We move on to War Games Atlantic. And this month, there are a number of things for the uh, their digital ranges, which are the STL files. You can buy both like STL files or blister packs that they've now started bringing out. And the first one we're chatting about today is the classic fantasy orcs, mm-hmm. which are £12.33 in the UK for six orcs 
Ooh. Two of them with spears, a bowman, a couple with swords and shields, and a guy with an axe. And I really like these models. I think they are very cool. I like them a lot. These these orcs look very good. They've got kind of a sort of as some uh, is it sort of Japanese armor on them there? Is that sort of samurai armor? Yeah, I think it's sort of like a yeah, I, I really like these. They sort of have that like mix of like, yeah, I suppose like the Japanese style sort of like armor slash sort of like that vibe of the like animated Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're wiry, evil orcs, not big brutish Games Workshop orcs. No, these these are very much like a different, these are like more evil looking. Classic fantasy. Classic fantasy. I say. Then a bit more realistic than classic fantasy orcs are mm-hmm. some female French resistance fighters. Again, part oh. of the War Games Atlantic digital range. Lovely. And these are really nice. Yeah. Really nice, realistic figures. You know, they're like realistically attired, realistically proportioned. Uh, just look sensible. I think these would be. But some of these models look like some, well, pretty famous pictures of. Um ladies in the french resistance that i've seen yeah they're not at all like pulpy or overly stylized no. they just look really real and i think these would all look brilliant just like slipped into like any partisan army sort of like yeah whatever you're sort of doing my first army for bolt action was polish partisans and there was apart from like i bought most of mine from black tree i all mine are a metal and there's so many options for doing partisans and plastics. I wish I, uh, I wish I'd waited five years because they are they're really nice. Well, I think even though these are like, you know, they're built as the female French resistance, and you know, some of them are obviously based on photographs. I think you'd sort of be quite easy to slip them into any. Oh yeah, partisan force, wouldn't you? In the summer. Yeah. Then also some European peasants, which. I I quite like these. I think these would be great for some like D and D characters if you wanted some more like lower level, mm-hmm. low key like either NPCs or player characters. You know, you're a level one wizard. The guy who's just there in like the cape and the staff, I think, looks like a oh, level. absolutely like a hedge wizard. Yeah, he's like and you know, your barbarian or your warrior with the flail who's you know just starting out as an adventurer. I think looks quite cool. Um, I think that these would be quite nice and i think they'd also just be a bit of character for your sort of if you've got angry townsfolk who are defending them like clubmen i mean they're a bit bit too early for clubmen obviously but like you know annoyed yeah. villager perfect yeah i think the i think these are both like builders like part of both like the renaissance and the blood oath range so sort of mm-hmm. like from you know the fall of rome really to the renaissance i think you'd sort of get away with sort of feeling them and fielding them and sort of like any of those ranges i think sort of really mm-hmm. and then a bit more modern you have the lawrence and the arab revolt set which is four figures including a flag bearer it's eight pounds 18 pence mm-hmm. in the uk quite nice very nice i, I think th- th- these look like to be honest like three character models and a dude with a rifle and i think most companies you'd be paying not much less than that 
for just one or two of these models. I think you know, oh, yeah. they, they, they look nice models. Talking about lovely models, move on to Great Escape Games and the Norwegian World War II infantry, because I know everybody out there is sort of banging down the doors of model companies to release the Norwegians. Well, I've been, I've been watching on Netflix. I forgot it was Netflix. The Battle of Narvik. It was number one movie this weekend. And I watched it this weekend, the Battle of Narvik. So if you are looking to do the Norwegians, you know, stop the flow of steel through Narvik, then, um, yeah, this could be this could be for you. We have both spoken quite a lot about doing a Norwegian World War Two campaign, haven't we? Because I want to do the, the Germans in Norway, and you, you've got the Poles. Um, yeah, exactly. Norway. There's not many places you can use Poles in their own uniforms. <laughs> um, <laughs> after the initial part, yeah. So this the first wave that we, has already been released is two two-man rifle squads and a four-man command section. And they are available separately or as a platoon in the box set. And wave two is going to bring the support weapons. So, you know, these are from Great Escape Games. Yeah. I've got the Hungarians from Great Escape Games. Yeah. They're really nice minis. Um, I think that, that they're sort of like great, sort of like, they're at that good point, I think, between like character four minis, decent sculpts, decent price, decent range of sculpts. So like I made like my Hungarian army, I've hardly got any double up poses. Yeah. Like the, the brain and because they do enough support weapons and all the bits and pieces that you need, you can sort of like field an army. Well, actually, my Hungarians have got no double ups at all because I've got cavalry in there as well. So you're able to sort of like field an army for what you want. And also whenever they're released, they're shipped really quick, quite quickly. So check them out. Then talking about something which is you know, a little bit on the other end of the scale of World War II Norwegians, Mercer Minis have released their Brutal Beast Kickstarter. Mm. And this is, uh, I'm going to say people probably with a slightly deeper pocket than mine for their hobby budget. You get all the new monsters that they've released if you back this for £800 which is technically less than half of the retail price of what they currently are, because the retail value for them is £1,680. Because, like, Mercer Minis, for those of you who don't know, I think sort of right, they do do, like, individual monsters and, like, squads, but I think they pretty much specialise in centrepiece giant monsters for your army. Yeah. You know, they, they, if you want a really super-duper giant a giant dragon, some other weird giant creature, super demon. Mercy Minis, you know, they do the things that if you want like a foot tall model, Mercy Minis are the way to do it. Yeah. And yeah, so that that check this out if you want something. Three, and six, like, nine, it's twelve. Twelve models there. So uh, it's less than eighty pounds, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's less than eighty quid each, but also like if you want Something like a giant two hundred, like a giant two-headed dragon, giant. Sorry, it's like 
that it's 175 pounds, which is an awful lot of money for a model. But so if you're in market for like a Titan or something like that, it's it's comparative. Price is very cheap price to some of the Titans. And that sort of so stuff. If you were going to play um, D and D, and you're going to have one big monster encounter a month, that's he sorted. Yeah, you got if you've got a decent hobby budget. If 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 you've got a hobby budget of if that was all your hobby budget, yeah. That was you, all you, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd be struggling for like 175 quid a month. But I think if you're having like a long term campaign and you want to, yeah, but you wouldn't be paying, you'd be paying like 70 or 80 quid, wouldn't you? Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, check them out. I think if, if you're into like, you know, giant monsters and you like stuff, and they've mm. all, I would say with Mercer Minis, they've always got a sale on of something. So if you want something, Keep a lookout, yeah. sign up to their email. You it pays will, to keep checking back and see what they have, really does. You, you will get an email at least once a week with some sale. And it's either like troops are on sale, monsters are on sale, you know, heroes are on sale. Check it out. I've bought a few of their troop size models for some of my more fancy dandy D&D characters who have got to like level 12. And listening, you know, once you're like a level 12 ranger or something, you no longer want to just be some mook mooching about in a cape. You need something a bit more dandy looking. Oh, for sure. Moving on maybe to like the other end of uh, the hobby budget market, Mantic. I've released quite a lot of free online fluff for yeah. the Kings of War universe and their new starter sets. Are available like i don't know if you've seen the new starter sets for kings of war andy oh they look lovely tom which have the like the very cheap buy-in price of like 30 quid yeah and you know they give you like a couple of units the very like the very core mechanics of what you need yeah and i think it's a no matter what your opinions on mantic model design is i think it's a great way of getting people in the hobby okay. like, I mean, I think of things like things like bolt action, where you can buy, you know, you can buy a box of troops for twenty odd quid, and you could potentially make a starting force of that. Or so, so it's about around thirty pounds to start gaming, presuming you've got paints and glues and so on. That's great, you know, because there are yeah. other games out there where you're just like, okay, I'm going to play orcs, a thousand points. How many orcs am I going to need? And you like go, I need a bank loan. <laughs> Yeah, play this game. I think it's it's something that you can buy with pocket money. Yeah, I, I I think pocket money gaming is a huge thing. I think and I think especially if you're trying to like get somebody new into something and go, or yeah, a gift for someone. If you want to buy something, I mean, I love you, Tom, but I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy a hundred pound gift. Sorry, no. <laughs> it's like you know, my wife doesn't get a hundred pound gift, let alone you. No. And it's, I think it's like if you could, you can get like the way I never try and encourage anybody, especially like my friends, or do you want to play this or play that? If it can't be played with, if you can't start playing it for less than 50 quid, because I yeah. think over 50 quid for me, even as a, a, a working adult, it's just too expensive a buy in. And like most of the games I play, to be honest, probably have a buy-in of like slightly less than a hundred. Mm-hmm. I, I there's there's only like there's very few games these days that I've spent more than a hundred on. But looking around there, you can there's lots of games out there which have like 
the rule book is setting you back 50 quid before you've bought a model. And yeah, I think Kings of War and, and Mantic in general just sort of yeah. offer like a really great alternative. Go, you're 13, you want to start playing toy soldiers. This is I think it's, I think it's a smart money. move. It gets people into your game, it gets people playing the game, and then they come back and they buy more models. Yeah, and you, you can buy, you know, that one or two units a month or whatever. It's your birthday, it's Christmas, what do you want? Here you go. And yeah, yeah. as you said, you know, it off like most of my friends full birthdays and Christmas, they get a book because, yeah, I'm not buying them. Or what do you want? A Land Raider. Great. You can have a picture of one. You know, you're not having I'm not buying you a Land Raider. And I love that picture of that Land Raider, Tom. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Moving on to Pendragon and their new Soviet IFEs, including, you know, BMP1s, BMP2s. Ooh. Bit of list action here. You know, some... BRDMs and some BTRs, you know, all of them, all of them. <laughs> yeah, if, if you want some sort of like later Cold War Soviet stuff, mm-hmm. check out Pendragon. Yeah. Um, I think th- this sort of like seeing these made me actually think, you know, maybe playing some Team Yankee in 10 mil might be quite fun. Or Cold War Commander. Oh, yes. Because I want to play the Yom Kippur War with you, obviously, some. Arab-Israeli war, fun. I say fun. Oh, that's that. That means we get we get to have everything from like I know Panzer fours to like you name it. You name T-55s, it. T forty fives, T forty fours, and everything and anything. Good tanks and bad tanks at the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe twenty twenty three, twenty four. Sorry, we're in twenty three oh. now, aren't we? I don't even know what year it is, Tom. We'll have to see how our, our, our overall lists go. Hopefully, we, we, we all blast through our overall lists this year. Next year, we can have more craziness and do young Ooh. Sorry, and, I'm, I'm already looking ahead in the list, Tom. I got very excited about seeing they're doing wire spears and pikes. Well, yeah, th- those of you who'd like some added danger to your hobbying, P- Pendragon have now brought out their wire sp- spears and pikes in 40, 50, 80, and 100 mil lengths. Mm-hmm. So these are obviously like these are going to be great for no matter what scale mini you're using because yeah. there's nothing to say you can't use like these 100 mil pikes which are going to be a really good sarissa on like a 10 mil dude or a 28 mil dude i um <laughs> i've got the metal pikes on my warlord ones because the plastic ones just snapped and i'm yeah. like i put them on and i don't think there has been a single game i've played with them where they haven't drawn blood yeah. I still have, I wake up in a cold sweat from nightmares about falling onto my <laughs> um, English Civil War army because they are deadly. Those metal pikes, but that, yeah, but they are better. Oh, they are. I might well try the spears uh, and change them on my like twenty-eight mil cavalry lances mm-hmm. because although they won't look quite right, a lot of my plastic lances have already snapped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it's long thin plastic. It's just. Yeah, metal is better. Like a good metal, not soft, pliable, soft metal. A good strong metal is much better for a spear or pike or lance. Yeah, and um, I might also pick some of these up and replace with my ten mil pike. Mine. I'm currently using dressmakers pens, mm-hmm. but they're just a little bit too <laughs> too deadly. Well, they're, they're, they're quite deadly, but they're also because they're like so small. They've just not really got very much purchase, like in the minis' hands. So lots of them yeah. have just fallen off. 
so I may replay mm -hmm. some with some of these. Watch this space. Motion passed. Metal pikes. So back now on to French partisans, really. Well, partisans in general. Mm -hmm. Grey for now games have now put up for pre-order their first like expansion set, really, for yeah. zero to hundred hours, and it is the partisan resistance cell. Mm -hmm. Where you get yeah you get seventeen minis, you get fourteen resistance fighters, and the three Jedberg like dropped in specialists. Mm -hmm. Now these are really nice minis. I'm going to say for me, I personally find this a bit expensive. In that in pre-order, it's fifty-four pounds, which. Mm -hmm. I think is is a bit pricey for seventeen minis and some cards. Mm. Are they are they plastic or metal? The minis. I think they're the War Games Atlantic plastic. I'm not sure if they're multi-part sprues or just individual like mono sculpted plastic mm. models. I just find them because like the starter set for zero two hundred hours is, is such good value. Yeah. I just I like this is the same price as the starter set. If oh, not really? slightly more expensive, oh. which gives you, you know, a lot more minis, a lot more stuff. Um, yeah. So I, I may be wrong, and I, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I just think, you know, a retail price of sixty quid for seventeen plastic models and some cards is a bit rich, but they are really nice models, and everyone's budget is different. Absolutely. Then moving on now to a a Kickstarter that I <gasps> saw, which... Ooh, sorry, I've... I've... <laughs> I'm not allowed to make happy noises <laughs> before you've told people what it is. Because I, I, I should explain to the listeners that Tom prepares the list of the hobby news and we send each other stuff, but there's stuff that he doesn't necessarily tell me about till I see it, and then he scrolls, he controls the scrolling, so sometimes it's the first time I've seen it, and it scrolls up, and I am genuinely interested in what he scrolled up, and this is one of those occasions. Anyway, Tom, tell him what it is. So this is on Kickstarter at the moment. Search for Kadesh Armies of the Near East. Now, these are some STL files that you print, and they are for Egyptians, Hittites, Hebrews, and Sea People, in 15 and 28 mil and these are just the principal stl files and for 40 euros or like 36 pounds you get the pre-supported files they're slightly cheaper if you want them without supports and in that core pledge you get the new kingdom of egypt and the Hittite empire you get like ramesses in a chariot you get some other light chariots, you get Egyptian warriors, bowmen, axemen, some Libyans and some Namibian skirmishers. You get Hittite skirmishers, some Hittite hordes, some Syrian bowmen, some Hittite spearmen, some heavy chariots and the Hittite general. Then as an unlock, which is already unlocked, you get an Egyptian camp, a Hittite city, Egyptian Royal Guard, Hittite Royal Guard, Namibian Spearmen, Scythian-like chariots. Then, like, you get for the Sea Peoples, which is also now unlocked, you get five Spearmen, five Warband, five Skirmishers, five Warriors. 
a sea people's camp, which is a ship. You then get the ancient Hebrews, which also unlocked. Sorry for the list listeners. You get like five warband, five spearmen. Our, our listeners love a list. We know that by now. Five skirmishers, five Hebrew heroes, which are very cool. And an Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> I say the Ark of the Covenant, not a Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. Um, and then that's all currently unlocked. And then the, these are all involved in your, these are all included in your pledge, and they're unlocked as people, more people back it. They also unlocked is the they now onto the dioramas, and you get a David versus Goliath, which is a, in the diorama it's David beheading the default defeated Goliath. You also get individual models of those, and then coming to unlock soon is like uh, what's called the death of the pharaohs firstborn which is like the pharaoh in a chair with a child. Then uh, things that may be unlocked in the future are like alternative command groups for the Egyptians and Hittites, some generic civilians, and then some sea people chariots, some javelineers and some horsemen. Uh, And it's like if all these goals are unlocked, it's possible that more will be added. I think it's quite likely it will hit all these goals. Like the final thing, to unlock is the Kushite Horseman at uh, 19,500 euros. Yesterday, it was already up to like 14,000 euros, yeah. and it's got another 15 days to run, I think. Spoilers, and, Tom. I know they're going to get another 36 quid from someone. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think if, if you've got a printer or you know someone with a printer, this just seems like a no-brainer. These are four four armies that I just want. Yeah. You, you know, and because you've got like there's enough, even things like the spearmen, right? You've got five dudes in that, so you print four lots of that one unit. You're not going to notice the double ups. You've sort of got that they're all pre-supported. These just look great, and with them in, in 15 and 28, you, you know, these are for anything you want to play with, really. I'm I'm quite impressed in these. I'm thinking I'd play 15. Obviously, I think they'd. Be- I think they'd be brilliant in 15s. I think, you know, this is, has like DBA army sort of screaming all over it, that sort of thing. Um, anyway, so check that out. Glad that you, you're you interested in those. Then also some another Kickstarter that's going to come out soon and to keep an eye on is from Studio Historia and they have released some of the previews for their upcoming sons of yamamoto kickstarter mm-hmm. these look really nice as well like if i didn't already have two world war ii japanese armies i might be looking at these but these look really nice um check those out you know if you use facebook sign up to join their facebook group because they, they post quite a lot of like the, the, the stuff that they carry but also other companies that bring out STL filed stuff because they get their licenses to print hard copies for lots of things. It's where I found the Kadesh stuff was from their Facebook page. Moving on now to Bacchus and probably in big huh. news for Bacchus <laughs> and uh, it's it's the war of the Spanish succession. Hey. Uh, the 
Polymos rules for the War of Spanish Succession have been re-released. Now, the rules themselves are exactly the same, but the presentation and sort of style of it has been brought up to sort of like modern standards. Mm-hmm. So this could well be a 2024 list in the future. Who knows? I'm not buying it now because I've not got time to be printing any more six mil stuff. At the I minute. don't know. Who are you going to rope into playing that with you? We will see. (laughs) Who could possibly know? (laughs) It's a mystery. And then also in release this week, well, this month, there are a number of British trucks and tows for World War II, starting off with like a a mod, starting off like a Morris Quad tractor like a CH tractor, a radio van, and the Stuart kangaroo. Mm-hmm. And Ooh, kangaroos, nice. You know, all, I think all, all, the more and more of these, like, six mil World War II, like, support and transport vehicles, it just makes playing things like Ogre mm-hmm. even more appealing and practical in, in six mil, and being able to add things like radio vans and that sort of stuff to your force, it just gives it a little bit more flavour and makes it yeah. more appealing. The biggest news coming from Crooked Dice this month really is the change that they're doing to 7TV. Yeah. Which is that uh, because the price of, well, I think one of the, the effects of like lockdowns and the pandemic and, you know, the cost of living and everything is it's made production costs for box games go through the roof. And it's, the, yeah. it's to the point that. It's cardboard. It's, yeah, yeah. Can't get the cardboard. And it's made the cost of them like reproducing the seven TV board game style box games prohibitively expensive. And so they are moving on from the like the previous rule box sets of like how each box set had the rules to being replaced by a single hardback rule book, which will be like the definitive rule set for like seven TV. So rather than there being sort of like, as it currently is, like 7TV Fantasy, 7TV Pulp, 7TV Apocalypse, mm-hmm. Inch High Sci-Fi, there's just going to be 7TV, the core rulebook, which will you will play all of those sort of games. And then the genre packs, which are the stuff that come out in the VHS, VHS packs, which will sort of like allow you to put more flavour mm-hmm. on with those. Like in the spring, there's going to be a Kickstarter for the new rule book and an 80s genre pack. Now, all the current sets will still be playable with the new rules. Like the rules themselves aren't changing. So if you've already got Fantasy or you've got like the Old of the Fearless set or, you know, Valley of Dread, any of those, you can still play them with the new version when it comes out. It's just those are all going to be sort of like cross compatible. It's just because of like at the minute, like some of those sets, which have those starter sets, like the box sets, which have sold out, you just can't get hold of a copy. So like I've got a copy of Fantasy, but if you wanted to sort of start playing 7TV Fantasy Andy at the moment, you might not be able to actually get a copy. So this means you'll, you'll be able to get the rule book. But also it will make it more affordable because it means, I think for everyone, like you get that core rule book mm-hmm. and then like the lurkers in the deep, feature pack came out which I think you backed didn't you the features off that like it means if I've got the core rule book I can start playing that with you without having to first pick up a copy of pulp 
Oh, yeah. And like, um, it gives more flexibility. And then I think if it financially it works, then that's great because you know, 7 TV is a great game. Yeah, I, I really like the idea because I, I, I may well pick up the 80s feature pack because mm-hmm. why wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I sort of like this idea. And I think it's, I think it's nice to see like a company sort of admitting, look, the way like costs and things are just what we were doing was not viable sort of continuing that format. So we're just doing something differently rather than just going, we're just going to release it as PDFs or doing this. No, we're doing something that sort of makes it more viable in the long term. Mm-hmm. Which uh, rather than just putting the cost up and going, yeah, these box sets are now like 100 quid each or something ridiculous, which just I think makes it a lot harder. Now moving on to Warlord. Now, first question, are we getting like a Warlord version of Finecast, or are they just going to carry on doing what is already called like the Warlord resin, which yeah. is what the Judge Dread stuff is already in? It's called like Warlord resin trademark because at the moment there is like a last chance to buy on a lot of the metal bolt action weapon teams, mm-hmm. which are sort of being like the sale is, you know, it, it says soon, you know, actually, like they're no longer going to be available to purchase from tomorrow, the 31st, because they will be returned soon in a brand new format and material. Ooh. So, because um, isn't it cyanocast or something is the new way they can make plastic models? Does that use the same old molds, but it's a different technique? I have no idea. Well, I'm glad we both know about that. <laughs> I hope that's been informative to the listeners at home. We both have heard of this term, but do not understand how it works. Now you know what we know. Um, but I know there's a new way of um, doing plastic models in in moulds, and yeah, yeah. So we will. I guess we'll find out in a couple of days' time, won't we? I guess we will find out. Is, is it something different or something new? Then in stuff that we definitely know is coming out, there is the Valentine Mark Three and Four, which is nice. Which is. A really nice tank um and then in the 28 mil world war ii like commonwealth truck game we're also getting the chevrolet 1500 weight and the chevrolet three-ton truck yeah really nice especially the you know the three-ton one for the, those canadian players out there oh yeah uh, i think these are really cool i think i know like i haven't played hard uh, i didn't play any bolt action last year but when i was playing a lot of bolt action one of the things that you were sort of like really struggling for was a range of different trucks and transports to sort of represent what mm-hmm. was actually using rather than just using I've got four or five of exactly the same model. It's everyone's driving opals. <laughs> yeah, captured it. Um which sort of makes sense for some things, but when you're trying to sort of like represent like a unit where they've just got like this ragtag bunch of different trucks that they've acquired commandeered stolen found lying around uh having a, a broader range sort of mixes up then for the windy boat game fans you can now get an official hms victory oh nice uh and this is like quite nice in the way that they've signed a license with actually the national museum of the royal navy to bring out like a black seas version of hms victory and part of that licensing agreement is actually some of the funds go into, you know, restoring victory and sort of keeping a 
Oh, she is. Yeah, if you go down to the historic Royal Dockyards in Portsmouth, it's it's a fantastic day out. I'm, I'm get, we're not sponsored by them, but I'm just going to say, um, as a uh, as a museum worker, I really appreciate going around. You got the um, the submarine, you've got the uh, Victory, you've got HMS Warrior, you've got uh, the the Mary Rose. Mary Rose is one of the best museums like I've been around. It's fantastic what they've done there. So you know, do go and visit Victory. It's really, really good. That sounds like maybe like a hobby support group field strip day. We probably should. <laughs> I've got a little, actually I gave it away. I got I had a little um, uh, badge of victory that I gave to my friend Ben that works on uh, um, the Cutty Sark. So from one ancient ship to another <laughs> ship. Um, and there's a shop, there's a shop on the, on the victory. I wonder if they're going to sell it actually in the shop there. But um I could almost see myself getting this at some point, maybe just to sit on a shelf and actually have to have a go at rigging one of these tiny ships without actually yeah. having to do a whole fleet of them. I mean, if, you, if you're going to buy one ship, which one's it going to be? It's going to be Victory, isn't it? Yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. It's I suppose it's the tiger tank of the windy boat game world, isn't it? Yeah. If you're going to have one, <laughs> what are you going to have? <laughs> Why have you got five victories? <laughs> Why have you got five tiger tanks? Then moving back uh, into the, the far future this time, well, compared to Victory, it's the Judge Dread Block War expansion mm-hmm. for the 2080 game from Warlord. And this is Block War. Oh, lots of cards. It's £25. You get a 80-page rulebook, 15 cards uh, for like the Block War deck, three new armory cards, two miniatures and like a hundred uh, like a, a blank booklet of like a hundred data sheets for you to fill in your block and like i don't know about you but i remember like i think i remember from like 80s and early 90s games is where you have the specific you'd have those sheets that you'd fill in with pencil or wax crayon <laughs> yes i do remember as your stuff I, I quite like that um i think this isn't a bad price expansion expansion actually it's like 25 yeah. quid yeah. yeah, you only get a couple of minis, but you're getting a rule book, some cards, this deck. It's not really about the minis, this one, is it? No, it's about the rules. It, it, to be honest, an awful lot of games would be charging you more than 25 quid just for the rule book. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, think, it's, I think it's good value. Yeah. And I actually like that this is being brought out because it means that the Dread game is still getting some support. It means it's not just being left to sort of like hang there or do its own thing, or it's like we've brought it out, that's it. It's good, you know. It's a game I've got. I've got it painted. I want to play it at some point. I just Me too. Never get around to it. Um, so yeah, I think it, this is cool. I think this passes the uh, what is the cost of a night out. You know, if we both went for like even like a, a local pub and got a couple of pizzas each, it would probably be about twenty five pounds. So if we had frozen pizzas and, and got this and played at your house, it'd be about the same cost. Yeah. It's 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 almost it's almost the price point of going. We've played a few. Like I'm not buying it because I've not played the, the the main game. Yeah, if you've been playing it for a year and you're like we've been playing it all the time and we're like a bit bored, we want a few extra things. It's a no brainer, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's I just want yeah. It's it's a no brainer. Uh, now back to World War Two because I did these in the wrong order and I forgot to put all the World War Two stuff together. Uh, talking about tigers and stuff that warlord have now brought out the new 250 kit for the half tracks 
So you can make like a 251, 253 or the 25010. And the yeah. kit in includes a little Rommel if you want to make his command variant. Make the Griff. Yeah. Everybody does. Now, how and I've many, got one. How many of those are knocking about? Uh, yeah, I really, this is a, a cool kit. Um, I like that you get the options to make all all the different variants. And I think, you know, with all those extra bits, it's cool. Going, you're going to have plenty of bits to knock in your bits box to make all sorts of different stuff. Quite like those. Mm -hmm. oh. Now, moving on to Forge World and star player for Bryce the Slice Campbell. Yes. Uh, Legally distinct name there, I think, taken ah, to the extreme. Ah, 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 I mean, there's nothing like Bruce Campbell, is he? In fairness, the actual no. model itself is nothing like Bruce Campbell. It's just a fellow, a, a skeleton with a chainsaw, yeah. wreathed in magical flame. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think some of the nicest Necromunda models I have seen for a very long time, if you discount the price is the corpse harvesting party now these are technically four well five models and a server skull on the base um i don't i don't like them tom i just really like the like squat uh sort of like russiany looking dude i just think over the flag yes like the, yeah. the flag and the coat, I, I quite like. What I don't like is the fact that these models are fifty pounds. <laughs> yeah, I. They're not. I mean, other opinions are available, but they. Just, I just. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't like the price, and I'm not too keen on the models either, if I'm honest. And I do think the chain axes are like slightly ridiculously huge. Yeah. Um. But I, I think like the like servo. Cherubim thing is a very cool grim model. Um, yeah, but that's that's from Forge World. In GW news, the new General's Handbook for Age of Sigmar is on the horizon, which you know is that sort of like their their rebalance for Age of Sigmar that comes out periodically. Is it, is it that time of year again? Time for a new um, a new uh, GW book rule book for something. I don't even think it's that time of year. I think it's that time of season. I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think they come out. I think they do come out more often than once a year. Uh, I'm not sure. It could, that, 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 that could be shade throwing. Um, then in other GW news, the Baneblade kit is being relaunched with all the variants in one box. So you no longer have to buy one of the two boxes and find out you end up actually buying the wrong one. So you, you you buy one box, get all that you need, mm -hmm. and the slaves to darkness, like Chaos Warriors, have got some new stuff out, some new kits, yeah. new codex bits and pieces. Um, you play Sigmar or Heresy, or you know you play 40k. Check them out. There's probably bits and pieces you might put in if you play Chaos. Or you play Zeon's Rampant. You just want some nice looking models. Yeah, whatever you like. Then talking about nice looking models, move on to Empress Miniatures. Mm -hmm. And they've released some of pictures for their impending Arnhem Heroes, which is like some Jeeps and some Airbodies. Oh. 
and you know the, the, these look really nice the jeeps look really nice with the they crew. do look really nice don't they and then you've got uh our major digby and father egan with his umbrella these look really nice really i'm nice sorry ones. i'm sorry we can't accept a surrender we just haven't got the room for you right <laughs> now dreadfully sorry and then on to cowboy news Woo! Yeehaw! It's Cowboy News Roundup. Uh, sticking with Empress at the minute. And they are releasing under their Wild Bunch banner, which are like a range of like 28 mil Hollywood inspired Western gunfighters. And this month they have released a load of stuff mm. from Unforgiven. So you've got like a Morgan Freeman, Gene Hackman. Clint Eastwood, that sort of stuff. Some of these are, are, are nice, but I think for me personally, this range doesn't really hit the standard of a lot of Empress stuff for me. Don't know about you, Andy, as a, as a resident cowboy I mean, fan. I, if, if I was just, just using Empress, I could use, if I was just using this range, I think they'd be all right amongst themselves. But because I've already got the Black Scorpion ones, I would think I'd rather stick with just using those Black Scorpion mods. I, I do think. Um, I'd like to expand in some other ranges at some point, but uh, I think I'll just stick with Black Scorpion for the time being. Yeah, I think the danger is, I think if you're selling like a model and says, this is what Clint Eastwood, this is Clint Eastwood circa mid-90s, I think you have to be able to look at that model and go, yeah, that looks like Clint Eastwood, not sort of like squint and go, look at the three of, like we're looking at the moment at the, the picture of like Clint Eastwood Morgan Freeman and Gene Hackman. Mm -hmm. I can't actually tell which is which of the three of them at the moment, unless I likely look at which is specifically one. But anyway, we're talking about other cowboy minis. Oh, so many cowboys. Black Sheep Miniatures have brought out their prospectors. Oh, yeah. And these are cracking. Yeah, 10 for five. Especially for like two quid a prospector. Yeah. Uh, like, a little bit like they're realistic but a little bit pulpy in mm. the beards and looks but i think these are cool i think i think, I think you could use them as like hipsters maybe if you want to do like they're in portland and they're like <laughs> opening some smeat a smoked meat van or something they could yeah down. or you know there's some like shortage gin distillery exactly um, so that is hobby like news really finished so we now move on to the hobby plans for february and so gaming for me really it's playing some warmaster and some bits of keyforge i've got quite a busy month coming up so that's sort of what i'm putting in mm -hmm. and then hobby wise i want to finish the river i'm working on get some paint on the rugger ruggers and try and get some paint on some six mil stuff and maybe Make a start on my secret diorama project. Ooh. It's not so secret anymore. We'll, we'll see when it's unveiled. Absolutely. It, 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 when it's finished, it won't be. People will see it and go, that's a Tom project. That's we'll a Tom project. It. I'm guessing it involves a horse. Wait and see. <laughs> is it a pantomime horse? I love it. It's just made of pantomime horse. <laughs> so, it's a load of Gretchen. It's, it's, it's a really complicated orc. Great load of Gretchen trying to be 
Polish pretending to be a horse with another Gretchen, another good set of Gretchen in a coat <laughs> on the back of the pantomime horse of Gretchen. I mean, that'd look amazing. I'm in. Um, Go on, it, Warren. Go on, it, Warren. Yeah, <laughs> I need it done by two o'clock. Um, what am I up to? Uh, Warmaster, obviously, need to practice that. Um, obviously, Keyforge as well. Keep on playing that Keyforge. Um, painting wise, I think um, I should really try and get some Warmaster stuff painted, but um, my 10 millimeter English Civil War, I can feel it pulling me. Tom, I feel it's pulling me towards it like Andy. Paint me, paint me. So um that's a power it, of a very good pamphleteering campaign. Exactly. They, they told me they've got a magic pig. So <laughs> what can you do? There's witches and any protection is this magic pig. So get to it. So um I guess we'll see what it comes to. But I'm just gonna paint what I feel like and I'm not probably not going to start my War of the Roses because I don't feel like I want to start building things yet until because they're in the nice little boxes all nice and easy to stack um but uh i'll get a few more of these projects out of the way and uh yeah probably crack on with those in the second half of the year yeah i think i might when i, I get some paint on mine i, I think I, I might go and i'm going to try and plan on keeping a record of how long it takes me to paint them to see um if i can do the 30 minutes in 30 hours thing that warren is sort of like inadvertently set up um i'm pretty sure it won't take me 30 hours to paint 30 dudes i will which are we talking in six mil no th these will be 20s okay um, yes i think i think six mil i think it would be but <laughs> would be a bit uh, cheeky. 300 in 30 hours would be probably very easy i would say i would say realistically in six mil it'd be 30 bases in 30 hours yeah uh, to be honest I, I know it's not going to take me 30 hours to paint 30, 20 mil dudes. I'm just going to be interested to see actually how long it does take me. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm probably guessing less than 10. Yeah. I mean, it, when I'm painting models, I normally have something on TV or I'm sat next to the wife watching some show or something. So I do stop and talk. So it's not it's not like continuously painting, is it, you know? Well, I generally, so like most of my painting, it's I'll, I'll sort of sit down, I'll listen to a podcast for like an hour, hour and 15 mm -hmm. minutes. And then like, it's like, right, I'm going to sit down and when hobby till this finishes, then they'll like cook dinner or do something yeah. else. It's yeah. just like, I, I generally have like, and it's, it's not very often I'll sort of sit down for like more than that, like hour, hour and a half. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, sort of, we'll keep it track. It's just like I'm interested to see how long does it actually take me so I'm not going to go quickly. I'm not going to go slowly. We'll just give it a go. Take the time you need. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Andy. It's been great to chat with you. It's been great to get back. Um, I have to get back in the swing of this um, podcast. I think I'm obviously out of practice, but it's great to be back. And um, thanks, everyone, again. Well, speak to you soon. Goodbye. Take care. Bye, everyone. <laughs>